The Irons Inside provided by the All Black legend Murray Mexted. Mex, welcome back. Good, good morning, Marty. How are you? Afternoon. I will talk to you about Andy Hayden, your old mate. A very sad news during the week, that is, in a second. I want to ask you about the Chiefs to start with, though. Those contentious refereeing decisions that are going against them. Is that just part of that thing that happens when you're not getting your luck and you're starting to lose? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, you always get a rough call every now and again, don't you? But whether that was rough or not, I'm, I'm not actually sure. Um, you summed it up, though. Five tries to one. I mean, it was pretty categoric, wasn't it? The Chiefs played well, and they played with great heart, but the, but the Crusaders were better. And they constructed tries, they created tries, and they scored them. You and know? they're and, also uh, experts, Mix, aren't they, that when those crucial times happen in games, and you've talked about this a lot, you know, it's just that's where the emotional energy comes, that's where the mental energy comes. They seem to be able to handle those those better. I mean, that's the coaching kind of unquantifiable. Yeah, well, not not every week, though, you'll recall, Martin, because they got stuffed last week, didn't they, by the Hurricanes? Well and truly. And I think, and I think they rebounded from that. So I think they weren't mentally prepared for that game against the Canes as well as they were yesterday um, against the Chiefs. So, you know, they put it all together, in my view. They're looking better and better each time I see them play, and that's a sign of a good coach and a good team. So they're just growing, aren't they, with each match, and they're going to be bloody hard to finish by the time they. Uh, well, they yeah, we're the having finals, to. Yeah, that's the right. I mean, don't exist. They've got to lose one one more, or else it's all over next week. Does that mean then what you're seeing with the Chiefs? Are you seeing a, a side that is is disappointing to you? Are they not as good as what you think they are? And also your thoughts on Warren Gatlin's coaching because he hasn't suddenly become a bad coach, is he? Yeah, no, I'm seeing a um, a good rugby side that's got a brand new coach. And when you change the coach, you change everything. You change the head coach, you change everything. You change the whole vibe, the culture, the whole lot. And, you know, every head coach has got his way of doing things. And when you inherit something, um, you know, sometimes those things aren't in place or they're different to what he would have done. That's the great thing. That's the beauty about um, coaching. You know, it's one of the wonderful things you get to impose your what you feel is the right way to go and and history proves whether you're successful or or, or not um warren gatlin stepped into a completely new world of coaching down here it's a different brand of rugby to to the northern hemisphere i mean the classic the classic um example of that is that if you asked the average coach in the uk or in england particularly uh, england and wales what position would you pick first most of them would probably say tight head prop. Whereas in New Zealand, if you asked them, you'd probably say nine or ten. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's a different ball game. He has to adjust to it. He has to find the people that are going to be able to do what he wants. And uh, and as Eddie Jones said, you know, it takes three years for that to happen. So, um, you know, I think it's actually, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's almost almost understandable or almost predictable. Well, hang on a second, but, you know, if, if that's the case, go back to the very start of the year when they won four out of their first five games, including they beat the Blues and they beat the Crusaders. Uh, they beat the Brumbies away from home, which is not a, an easy thing to do. So what's happened since then? He wasn't a bad coach then, was he? I mean, he seemed to adjust oh. all right then. Uh, how good are the Brumbies? Don't know. Don't um, know. All right. The Blues, the Blues weren't as good as they are now. Um, you know, they were growing. Um no, I think it's all relative, and it's um, and you know it, it takes a while to settle in. Um, maybe there was a bit of um, euphoria at the beginning, and everything clicked into place. Maybe the teams that they were playing, you know, weren't 
hadn't hit their straps, weren't, weren't playing with rhythm. It's always the way at the beginning of the season. And that's how you judge an environment, really. You judge it on how the season goes from the beginning to the end. And as the season wears on, you know, you find out it sorts out, you know, one team from another. It's very obvious. And that's why I said last week, Martin, that you'd have to say, well, the Hurricanes, they had a change of head coach too. Um, and, you know, they didn't look so good, did they? But all of a sudden, uh, they, they've won, what, was it three in a row? Um, and probably played a hell of a lot, twice as good as they were in their first games. Um, so, you know, you, you, you've got to compliment the coaching staff and say somehow they got it together quite quickly and they're growing. Um, so, you know, it's an intriguing challenge. It's always always the ultimate challenge for a coach is to get the vibe right, to get everything right, and it's not easy to get everything right. It is a very, very hard job to coach a team, and this is the highest level of rugby outside Test Rugby. In fact, it's better than most than 90% of Test Rugby because all the teams are equal. All the teams have a high quality, and a lot of Test Rugby, there's a disparity between one team and another. So, you know, I just think we're just blessed to see such fantastic rugby week after week after week. And I'm excited about the future if the New Zealand Rugby Union, in conjunction with whatever their responsibilities are to Super Rugby, make the right decisions. And, um, you know, my views are forming at the moment about this. And I think it's something that has to be discussed and debated before we move forward next year. I want to end on, and I don't want to end on this, that's a clumsy way of saying it, Martin. Um, I want to talk about Andy Hayden, who is an old mate of yours, and I spent a fair yeah. bit of time around him in the last 20-something years. Had a couple of good um, lock horns with the guy. I really liked him. There's just something about him that was really infectious. Uh, big man, big personality, and, and had a really big influence on the sport. And I was saying to TJ before, Mix, that, that was on the field and off the field as well, but I'll leave it to you. Yeah, wonderful bloke to start with, an absolutely wonderful bloke. A man amongst men, and you're right on and off the field. But you know, when you when you um, when you're lucky enough to spend as much time uh, as as I have been with you know All Black Rugby, you meet some wonderful people, some wonderful people that are goal setters and that are really ambitious to perform well. Now, Andy Hayden was the king of kings in my view. I mean, he was the one that I admired and respected most out of all those wonderful people that I was lucky enough to, to meet over the years. And he um, he just set a standard that, you know, we, we, we often say when you make an all-black team, you know, you have a responsibility to perform at your very best and nothing short of your best is sufficient. Um, and Andy epitomised that, you know. He was demanding with the players around him. And you know, post-match analysis. Um, your and when I say post-match analysis, I'm talking about your actual feeling on how you played, what you did, what you didn't do, what you could do, and talking with Andy post-match. You know, was almost enlightening. Um, and you had to be honest. You had to be absolutely sincere about your motives and your intentions and your acceptance of how you played. I mean, he was just such a wonderful institution because anyone who lasts 12 years in an all-black jersey mm-hmm. phenomenal absolutely especially phenomenal. at that time mix when you consider that like he only played 41 tests i mean these days you can play 41 tests in a couple of years or two and a half years can't you almost and so you know when you're talking about over 12 years and against the box especially in, in 81 was he the kind of guy that was a hard taskmaster with you in terms of your own performance on the field see you can't say 41 tests because 
you know, when you play for the All Black team, it's all, every game's a test. He played 117, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, he played he played over 100 games of rugby for New Zealand. He played over 100 games for Ponsonby, his club, and over 100 games for Auckland. Yeah, it's a better way of putting it. Much better so, way of putting it. I mean, how many more loyal people are you, rugby players are you ever going to meet? I don't know whether anybody matches that. It's phenomenal. I think I think Sam Only Whitelock did. I think Sam Whitelock did. Uh, what celebrating his hundred and fiftieth, wasn't it? Super game or something? Yeah, just yeah. I mean, these days, I it's don't just... know. Did Sam Whitelock play a hundred games for his club? Uh, his club's man or two, um, and then he went to um, down. I mean, I'm not belittling Sam Whitelock. I admire him and think he's fantastic. But I'm just talking about Andy, one person who played over a hundred for only one club in New Zealand, only one province in New Zealand, and for New Zealand. Um, quite a, you know, it's a wonderful, it doesn't matter uh, whether, um, you know, I'm missing, I'm forgetting two or three people, I mean, Colin Meads will have done that, wouldn't he, probably? But um, yeah. it is amazing achievement, absolutely amazing achievement, and shows real loyalty and real commitment and real ability. And he had that blend, you know, he had that blend that was uncompromising as far as um, commitment on the field and off the field, he added so much more, you know. He, he questioned everything. In he fact, did. one of the reasons he probably hasn't been acknowledged by authority is because he questioned authority. I was going to ask you about that, and he did, he did too, didn't he, mate? He, was, he had he had some of his more more ferocious battles with the fishheads, and he loved it. Well, he but he challenged them for the betterment of the game and the betterment of the people involved in the game, and that and that I, and I must emphasise that it was always what is best for the game and what is best for those people playing in the game. Uh, and uh, I just think that he he could back it up too. He was intelligent, you know, and he was emphatic about his views. Uh, you knew where you stood oh, with yeah. Andy, but he oh, was yeah. also a, he was a lateral thinker, you know, and he was he was commercially minded. He was just he was your classic all round great bloody um, great All Black. He's a great great All Black, and and I thought he was a lovely lovely man as well, and his whole family. And uh, yeah, it's just so sad, so tragic. 69 years of age, I can't bloody believe it. In fact, I'm just saying how many years we all got left. Of well, me. that's, a, yeah, I know. You that's know? what I, I felt as well, mate. My, my old boy died at 63, and, and I was thinking, 69 people, it's it's a, it's not old. And all our our best wishes and our, and our thoughts and our prayers, of course, to the family. Andy Hayden, we've been talking about with the All Black legend Murray Meckstead. Just gone a quarter two. We'll take a break.